Creative Congregation with Necktie. Hey guys, Necktie here. Welcome to episode two of Creative Congregation, the show where I learn how to start a business and make a living as a creative, and hopefully along the way you'll learn likewise. So I got a few updates this week I'm going to cover on the business that I'm starting to, to pursue my dreams, talk about some of the paperwork aspects, the administrative aspects of starting your own business, I'll talk about the marketing strategy and how that's going, I'll, I'll walk through some work that I'm doing around apparel research as well as art fair research in terms of supplying different types of art uh, in my store that I'm going to be opening as well as updates about my DJ business and, and how that's going. So the since the last week's show, you know, our inaugural episode of Creative Congregation, I was just kind of talking about what this podcast is about. And I just want to reiterate, really the focus of this podcast is to both document my journey and starting my own business and quitting my day job, along with hopefully giving folks out there some inspiration, some ideas, some motivation on how you can start your own business as a creative person. Going back to the mantra that it's difficult to, to make a living as an artist with, with some exceptions, I want to show that you know those of us out there who maybe aren't a major musician or a major recording artist or a major artist signed to a big you know company or doing major advertisements, you can still make a living and, and you can do you can you can make a good li- living in this in this space. So really from last week, the biggest steps that I made in, in the beginning stages of this business was just getting a lot of the administrative work done, and I call it administrative, but it's really some of the most critical aspects of just getting started, and that's including filing your LLC, um, getting your employment identification number, you know, validating that, that those things are set up correctly. Uh, it's one of those steps that when you finally take it, and having done this once before, I, I, I revisited the feeling it's just it really gives you that boost it gives you that motivation that you know this is really real and I'm doing this and so for me uh, starting a business in the state of Michigan nothing radically different from when I had done it in another state previously but I I did learn a lesson that I that I hadn't before and so when I when I filed my LLC for the company that I'm starting I just thought of the 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 idea for the business with my partner, my life partner, who is also the co-founder of this company, we had thought of this great idea for a business, and I had done some preliminary research on social media, on the internet, and found there really wasn't anything comparable to it, so I felt comfortable going forward with it. Well, one of the things that I learned was in filing the LLC, there had been two other, two or three other iterations of this LLC had filed, had been filed, the, the same name essentially. And I, this was after I had already filed. So midnight on a, on a Tuesday, I had filed, and then immediately realized this. I had paid the fee, and so I emailed the the Secretary of State and just said, "Hey, I made an honest mistake. I just want to make sure that I'm going about this correctly because if this LLC is already in existence, I don't want to face any legal issues down the road." So thankfully, the, uh, the there was a quick response back that the lady, um, uh, I, rather, I called her. I apologize. I called and. And uh, and just followed up with on my email, and the lady said, um, you, "You're fine. It's been approved. It was approved in 24 hours, essentially. Uh, that LLC, it, it, because it was not in good standing, the name was available. 
So I got lucky there, but really the biggest takeaway is always do your research on your, your secretary of state for the, the, the place that you're starting your business. You can look up any business name, and if you find one that's identical or near identical to your company you're planning on started starting, you may want to reconsider. Now keep in mind, just because your LLC has a certain name doesn't mean you can't call your company something else, from my understanding anyways. Uh, you could call your LLC Necktie LLC and then you could start a company called um, Home Awareness or, or something of the sort, right? And just because your LLC is not called Home Awareness doesn't mean that you can't use that name. It's called Doing Business As. So now that doesn't cover anything as it relates to trademarks or anything like that, but that's just something that I've learned. One other thing as it relates to the administrative, you know, not the most exciting but very important aspects of starting a business is because I had previously started a business in another state and I never actually completely closed that business out, I believe anyways, the fact that I hadn't done that was what caused a snafu when I went and filed for an employment identification number, which is what you need to have if you're going to have any employees at your company. So. I did the online form through the IRS. It was very easy, but then it was rejected with a with a message uh, error 101. I called them. They said, "Let's go ahead. You're gonna need to fill out the paper form and send it in." That's all they told me. So I filled out the paper form, sent it in. In the meantime, I looked and and saw that my former LLC from the other state had been administratively dissolved, which is good because it's essentially closed due to inactivity, but the bad thing is I never formally closed it, so I think there's some sort of check or flag within the IRS system that says, hey, this person started another company previously, didn't close it, you know, we need to double check what they're doing. Is, is this a legitimate business? Do they just start companies and never use them? So it's just something to keep in mind. If you've already started a business before and it's and it's not been something you've been pursuing, just ensure that you close it out properly. It's a very simple process. Uh, fill out a paperwork and, and mail it in. So again, exciting stuff, administrative pieces, but just knowing that those are actually some of the easier things that, that I've found, but they're sometimes the hardest things. Like how do I start the LLC and all of this crazy stuff? It's pretty straightforward. You just gotta search on your, your state's website, Secretary of State, and find out what to do. Another um, update around kind of the marketing piece of this, and, and again, my orientation uh, towards starting a business, I have maybe 50% of a business plan done. I'm still working on it, but I wanna go, right? I wanna, I wanna keep things moving as I build out my business plan and really formalize it so that it's, it's documented for others to understand. I, I'm already moving forward. Like I said, I have um, built out some of the social media channels. So I've built a Facebook page for my business, an Instagram page, a Twitter page. I'm going to do a Snapchat pretty soon. And those are really basic again, but that's another way to, to validate your business name, making sure you have it uh, you know, in those in those channels. Because if someone else has already started a company with that name and they have a Facebook following with 100,000 people, then you may be at risk for some kind of legal issues down the road. Again, I am not a lawyer, but I just anticipate if, if you start a business and become very successful and there was some other entity running with that name or similar name, you could, you could face trouble. So getting those socials locked in pretty early, I think is helpful to kind of legitimize your business and show that you've made, you, you kind of are the owner of that, that name, if you will. Another important piece of getting your, your business started and, and legitimize is potentially getting trademarks for your names 
the business name that you're using. And so I've, I've worked on that uh, previously and I haven't for this business, but I am aware that the trademarks are available for the business that I'm starting. So that's something that I'll be, I'll be doing this next week or so. Socials, all that stuff, I've done it with my necktie brand. It's, it's a long, arduous process. You know, it's hard to understand engagement and get engagement in social media. So it's just getting it started as, as, as I believe your, your, your beginning point, and then you can kind of build that base over time. I would rec caution against doing what I did previously with necktie and really becoming sort of overly infatuated or almost obsessed with your social following, you know, how many people like your page, your Twitter followers. I mean, that should happen organically, and if you focus too much on just building it through tricks and, you know, really interacting with certain pages and all these other tips they tell you online, I personally feel it's kind of a waste of time because you'll get followers that aren't really there for your business or don't really know you or necessarily care about what it is you're offering. So I think building that more organically through your sales, through your partnerships, through uh, meeting customers in person, I think is a better approach. The other thing that I, I've explored this week, and I, I will have more to say on this vendor. I don't want to necessarily name drop them at this point because I, I haven't worked with them in terms of purchasing products, but I have researched a lot of apparel companies because part of the business that I'm going to be, uh, part of what I'm going to be offering in, in the business is, is different apparel and, and hats and things like that. I'm kind of a hat and t-shirt kind of junkie along with athletic sneakers junkie I just it's just something I'm passionate about so I think I can kind of replicate that in my business and I've looked at into an apparel company then and I had a phone call with them and they were very helpful I was able to get some information on pricing and how their process works and I think with that I will definitely have more updates on that company if it works out well but I think it's going to be a, a standout uh, item for me because it's it's a company more focused on higher end or more premium apparel not you know luxury or designer but just higher quality than your your run-of-the-mill t-shirts that you get for your your kids softball team so related to that companies you work through with your business I've experienced with getting stickers printed in the past you know as a promotional tool or just as something you want to offer for sale even for you know a small price as, as a kind of a, a an impulse item for people at your store and I, I worked with this previous vendor a few years back and wasn't really happy with the quality of their of their um, their stickers. And this time around, I've worked with a with a new vendor. It's called Standout Stickers, and it's in I believe Cleveland, Ohio, somewhere somewhere in Ohio. But I, I did a lot of research online to find you know what are some quality as well as um, fairly reasonable cost companies that print stickers. And this one was was uh, recommended by a couple of people on a on a Reddit thread that I found, and so I just uh, went through with them, submitted my my artwork for a sticker that I want for an upcoming event I'm doing. They sent the proofs back really quickly. The proofs looked solid. I, I submitted the order. It was reasonable. I think I paid forty five dollars for two hundred fifty stickers, which is like thirty forty cents a sticker. And obviously, if you do more, it's much cheaper per sticker, but. Given that, I it was a quick turnaround. I think I got them within a week max and very high quality stickers in my opinion. I, I think that they're, they're really standout stickers and I'm not getting paid for this, but I think the company, they do make the quality stickers, which it, it's it's such a small thing, but it's important to me. I, I can't 
I can't name on, on both hands how many times I've seen stickers given out at events or with vendors or with artists that are selling things and they're just very poor quality. Look like the, the, the picture's low resolution or it was, you know, saved improperly and, and just, it, it makes a difference. It's kind of a, a small representation of your brand and if, you know, someone throws it on their laptop, you don't want it to look like crap, right? So, Standout Stickers, real solid uh, company and I think I'll be doing a lot of business with them in the future. Last couple of updates here just on where we're at with the business this week. So I went last week to a local art fair in Detroit called the Palmer Palmer Park Art Fair. And a lot of um, higher end artists as well as some more reasonable kind of prints and, and photos and, and different um, knickknacks offered in these different booths at the Palmer Park Art Fair. But I did find a, a two or three, maybe four artists that I really liked their work and just kind of working through this starting the business right one of the things I want to do with my business is be able to offer the the works of other artists you know I want to be able to pay them a fair amount for their works and be able to to resell their works in my store and as I'm going through these booths I, I and I find artists that I like one of my first questions was you know do you do wholesale or, or would you work on like a bulk purchase where you know I could buy certain quantities of their items at you know a price that works for me and them for me to then resell those and uh, surprisingly I think three of the four maybe it was all of them it's been a week or so now but they weren't either they didn't had never heard of such a proposition or they weren't interested in it you know just outright I don't do that I don't do wholesale and so it's an interesting challenge, which I'll have more kind of insight down the road as I continue to do this is, you know, how am I actually going to acquire some of this art that I want to sell and how am I going to acquire it in a way that where I can still make money and, and run my business, right? If I have to buy everyone's art at the price they sell to someone at an art fair and then turn around and sell it for more, A, it's kind of not unethical, but it's kind of a odd sort of conundrum because I'm selling something for a lot more than even the artist thinks it's worth and then B um, it might be something that it just isn't going to appeal to customers if, if a print is double what it's going to cost at an art fair or, or you know some some multiple it, they're not going to pay for it right so I'll have more to report on that you know what is the process of me for my business getting art and and kind of acquiring it and and that can acquire that can apply to other startups or other businesses that, that are getting going is if you want to do something that's based off of others works you know how do you go about that in a way that's that's gonna make you money so the last update I have today is just around the DJ side of things right the, this has been my passion for years and, and I do it all the time make mixes scour and, and crate dig as we call it music to to make into mixes and I'm going to an event this weekend. It's called Lakes of Fire, and it's uh, it's basically a regional burn, is what it's called. And a burn would be the most prevalent example would be Burning Man, and a regional burn is just a, a sort of localized version of that. And there's a lot of principles around the burns that I won't get into. It's just it's it's kind of like if it's something you're interested in, I would be happy to talk about it in the future. You can research it. It's a long story short, it's it's kind of a, a way for for folks to get away, get off the grid, camp out, uh, go to fun and exciting different creative camps, and and you know let out their inner child, if you will, make arts and crafts, listen to music. So it's just a real fun kind of 
free-spirited experience. And so I've I've gone to it a couple years. I didn't go last year, but my uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, uh, my partner, she, we've, we, we had a great time when, when we went previously. And so uh, we decided to go ahead and we're going to do it again this year. And one of the great things about it for me as a creative is there are tons of camps there that offer music and, and they're pretty legitimate um, setups, you know, nice speakers and visuals like they're not they're not just a, a laptop and computer speakers. These are pretty legitimate setups. And so I definitely jumped at the opportunity to to get into some of these through um, the Facebook group for this for this regional burn. and put my name in the hat, shared my link to my mix cloud, which is where all of my mixes are posted. That's and that's on if you guys are interested to look at it, there's tons of music on there. It's mixcloud.com slash necktie N E K T Y E. But again, I posted that on there and just said, hey, I'm definitely interested in looking for some time slots and I found a couple of camps. So I'm gonna be doing three different sets, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, an hour long each. And I've, you know, I've spent some time preparing those and making sure I have what I want to play. And it, it is work in its own way, but it's fun to me. It's, it doesn't feel like a job. And I'm super excited to be able to play out for people. It could be five people. It could just be me and my, my partner. It could be 20 people. It could be more. You know, it rem- remains to be seen. But it's, it's just an opportunity for me to get out there and practice my skills, you know, share share my art with folks. And, and, Side note, it'll also be a little opportunity for me to promote my ba- my brand. So I will be offering stickers, just giving them out to folks, whoever wants them. And if anyone's interested in, in what they hear and like it, hopefully um, I can get some more follows on Facebook and Twitter and just kind of build you know, my following that way, just a few steps at a time t- to get there. So that's all that I have for this week. Uh, it's, it's been another great week. You know, slow and steady is how we roll here. But we just got to keep moving forward and and getting this thing built uh, one step at a time. So I welcome any questions, comments, concerns, anything that folks want to talk about or or hear me talk about in future episodes. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, Necktie Official, or any of the other social outlets that that I have for for my necktie brand. So hope everybody has a great rest of their week and uh, we'll catch up soon. Creative Congregation with Necktie.